everyone and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Key Hire Podcast. In this one, I sit down with Geton Gachet. He is the SVP sales and he was the second employee ever hired at Algolia. We sit down to comment on Algolia's second consecutive recognition by Battery Ventures as one of top cloud computing companies to work for in 2019. This is going to be a very open, genuine talk on what has made Algolia a successful employer in a successful work environment, not only in their early days, but also for a very rapid global scaling phase. So we do hope that you will find some good, unique insights here if you're a startup founder or a scale-up founder. And please give us a shout, share your thoughts, share your comments, share your feedback. We hope you're gonna enjoy the show. Hi, Gaton. Hi. Good morning, Anita. Thank you for making it. Congratulations on the recognition first. Thank you. And I kind of wanted to have a little bit of a chat around that, if that's okay with you. Because I think it's really something pretty amazing. And I thought maybe there are some takeaways, some lessons that we can share. I work with so many different companies at pretty much early stage of growth. And there is a lot of questions around what do we mean by culture? How do we understand that? How do we scale it? How do we succeed? As you probably know, there's a lot of challenges around in the workplace as well. So a few days ago, I read about the announcement that Algolia was recognized as one of the 50 highest rated private cloud computing companies to work for. And the list was released by Battery Ventures, which is a global investment firm and a cloud investor, and Glassdoor, which is, of course, very famous, the world's largest job and recruiting site. And this is actually your second consecutive appearance on the list, which is, I think, even more interesting in terms of the consistency and the success that you repeat on on year-on-year basis. So a little bit about the list. The list highlights 50 privately held companies, all business-to-business cloud computing companies. Employees report the highest levels of satisfaction at work, according to employee feedback, which is shared on Glassdoor. From what I've researched, the distinction placed Algolia at the number 37 out of 50 total. An overall company rating is 4.1, was the broader average across Glassdoor is 3.4. So really good figures there. And so I really wanted to talk to you as Senior Vice President of Sales. You've been with the company since 2013, I guess. Second employee. Exactly. So you've got a very unique perspective on that. Share a little bit in terms of what are the key factors that contributed to the success of Algolia today. I've read and heard a lot of statements from Nicola, who's your CEO, for example, who says a lot about the culture, that it's really a testament to the company that always puts the culture first, succeeding and making it scalable. What contributes to that success? What were the key factors ever since you joined? So culture is one thing, but there's a few reasons why I joined the company initially. Culture, although we didn't say that word at the very beginning, was definitely one of them. What I've felt from the founders was something very appealing to me. Very smart people, always challenging themselves a ton, challenging others a ton. So in the end, I created an environment where we always crave improvement. It can create an environment that is very challenging because we're never happy physically with what we do, which I think is a good thing. And in the end, it's an environment where we are 
our own competition as a company and as individuals as well. That's kind of what we're looking for, folks who constantly, as individuals, look for self-improvement. I would say that kind of defines the culture of the company. Because once you have this sort of profile, it's people who are humble, it's people who have a lot of grit, people who are constantly in a growth mode. For me, that's kind of how I felt and when I initially interviewed. The second thing is for me, which is also mandatory, is to have a great product. So a product that solves a big problem and a problem that is hard to fix if you want to do it by yourself and a problem that is true across a really, really large and like set of potential customers. As the problem that we solve is how easy can you make accessing content online? I'll give you an example. You know, when you go on Instagram, you literally don't need to think to consume great content, right? Just to click. Literally, it's just one thumb and you click. So Instagram has this sort of stickiness. And our mission is to recreate this sort of feeling when you consume content across the web. And that's a mission that is true across the entire internet and mobile world. So for me, that was also something that was key. And I think that definitely participate to the success of the company. You know, people are happy. They're in an environment where they can succeed. And the last piece is for me, because of the hyper growth mode that we're in, people can very, very quickly, we can fast track people's careers in this sort of environment. So I guess that's the last piece that probably made people happy about being in this company is because it's a great product. It's big market that we're acquiring very, very quickly, which unlocks a lot of opportunities for people, at least for those who want to grow, you know, very fast. It's very interesting that the first thing that you said about it relates to the values rather than anything very tangible. You said about being not complacent, I think is the word that you can use, right? Or being a little bit paranoid. You have to, because my personal take on this is if you want to be the best, you can't follow the rules that others set for you. You have to set new rules. And I'm being very vague here, but the people that you hire initially have to be people who are never happy. You have to be people who constantly think about how to do better and improve or do things differently. And they're not thinking about it from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., constantly thinking about it. It's a 24-hour job. It's not even a job. It's literally a mission. When you sign up for something like that, it is a mission. And I think that's what people who join this sort of environment appreciate is because they're inspired. It's not a job. It cannot be a job. You're in a hyper-growth company. You just can't. It's impossible. So, And I'm not saying that nine to five is, is terrible. There's a phase for everything. At our state, it's still, you know, if you want to go up as quickly as possible. And yeah, those values are really, really core to me. As you said as well, early days, perhaps you don't necessarily need to use the term culture. It's felt kind of naturally. It's probably as you have a small team to build around yourself, it's easy to articulate on one-on-one basis and it's easy to assess what type of people will fit. And what yep. type of people will come on a mission with you? And it's easy to articulate that mission. What's your perspective? What's your experience as you scale? Have you felt that there is that need to actually codify it a little bit more? To sort of articulate it on a regular basis? This is our purpose. This is our mission. These are the values that we live by. Does it become more of a structured conversation and message as you grow the company, as you try to scale and hire and you can be involved in every single hiring decision? Yeah, so we definitely did that. It's hard, though. It's difficult. First thing I remember years ago, the first thing I tried to do is to reverse engineer myself, right? And it's hard to understand yourself and what drives you. And once you start understanding that, then you need to start thinking about how you test for it, which is also difficult. And then you test for this. But the thing is that with time, 
you also need to adapt yourself to the kinds of profiles that are interested by the company. Uh-huh. Um, as you grow, you start to hire more junior people, you start to hire folks who need more structure, you, ne- you start to need to adapt those questions and those things that you were assessing in the very first place. In our hiring process, there's always a part that is about the values. One thing that I really did appreciate with the founders when I joined and that is still true today is not that they are open to feedback, they literally create feedback. There was no ego when I joined and there's still no ego. And I think that's one thing that defines this company a lot. If you have an idea or if you don't agree with anything, you can literally go talk to Nico and speak up. And that's something that Nicola is looking for. That may make us a bit different, I would say. Yeah, that's very powerful, I think. To have that sort of no ego, perhaps. I'm not sure how realistic that is, but... Yeah, maybe another way to say it that people can understand. It's more like the power is in the expertise, regardless of how old you are, where you come from, and all that. For instance, like I have folks on my team who are, I don't know, 23. They've been doing the BDR job for a year and a half. They're more experts in their specific field than I am. Why would I prevail versus this person? I have my own set of knowledge and my own expertise. They have theirs. And when you combine all of that, it's what allows you to move forward. And then really kind of empowering those people to thrive and, and to complement the skill sets of you know. Yeah. What's funny is that during the interview process, you test them for you know how smart they are, how creative they are. But if you shut it down once they join the company, that's stupid. Like you're paying way too much, right? For her, for this skill set. So you have to create an environment where people can be entrepreneurs in their own scope, yeah. where they can make decisions, where they can really feel like they are contributing. You know, if you just want them to follow a playbook, don't bother hiring such talents. Are there any specific examples, Gatan, you can think of in terms of mistakes or lessons learned that you've had as regards hiring or as regards the practices? There's a big one in sales, I would say, especially in sales. You never know. You have to adapt the profile to the stage of the company. In the early years, we didn't have any product marketing we didn't have like set messaging. We didn't necessarily have BDRs. So literally you need folks who are almost like mercenaries. They can do everything and they will do everything it takes. That's what drives them. They just love that, like wearing all these hats. The thing as well is you typically you get that with folks who tend to be maybe a little bit more junior. But at the same time, you want to move up market and enterprise and you want to close big deals and big logos. So you start hiring people who have more, who are more tenured, who have those networks and say you onboard them and then you realize that they don't close anything and they're struggling. And the reason why they're struggling is because they come from an environment where there are experts at one thing, sales. They're really, really good at that. But just like professional athlete, if they don't have the team around them, the staff around them that gives them the collaterals, sets of calls for them and all that, they don't know how to do that. So if you don't provide them with that, with an environment, then they're, I don't want to say worthless, but they can't do anything. And eventually this person, they end up leaving, frustrated, you kind of like kill the morale of the team. So you really have to be very aware of like, at what moment is your organization ready for these people? And you also have to prepare your organization for the moment you will need these people. Mm-hmm. But in terms of mistakes that could be hired too senior too quickly or not preparing the org enough for yeah. this kind of profiles. Another very interesting, quite distinctive about Algolia, I think, is your retention of employees and internal promotions. I remember when we worked together, that was, I think, two, three years ago. And we talked about your rights of internal promotion versus external hires 
made at the managerial or director level. So yeah. it's quite unique, I think. Is there any specific guidelines or practices that enable you to really retain people Today, the day and age where, of course, the market is so fast moving, the average tenure at the company is, I guess, around two years today, yeah, yeah. if that. That's not in, in our values, but I think it's something that we apply every day, like being extremely transparent about what people want, what they want to become, what are the options for them. And I'd rather my mandate whenever someone decides to join my team is that the time they will spend with me will be the best way they could have spent their career. My job is to make sure that they can grow as quickly as possible in their professional environment, should it be with me or without me. So if we don't have room for someone that really wants to evolve, I will more than gladly recommend that person to another organization. So we've always had this very high transparency with people. Then for those who you know look for, for instance, I remember when we, I don't remember if you, you were in that process, right? When we were looking for the head of EMEA sales, mm-hmm. we had an internal candidate that was Jeremy. We interviewed outside people. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not because you've put in so much energy that it's a given that you will be moved into that position. You still have to be the best for that position. Yeah. Now, I know it sounds unfair and everything, but still, that's not being fair for you. It's about being fair for the rest of the organization and the people. So we did interview people outside, considered you know, Jeremy as a normal candidate. And in the end, he ended up being the best for the role and we picked him. Another thing that we tend to do now is try to anticipate way in advance whenever people want to be in a management position, for instance. We identify with them what would be the gaps in terms of knowledge that they don't necessarily have. If we don't have that knowledge internally, we will first off tell that person, hey, just go connect uh, outside your organizations with folks who can train you, coach you, teach you, or just to make sure that by the time that position is actually open, you have the answers to the questions that will be asked to you. So it really all starts with the communication. You have to be conscious and proactive to reach out to employees, right? 100%. That kind of a silo of, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how you feel. I don't know whether you're happy, satisfied. I don't know what your career goals are. 100%. And people understand if you are being transparent and have like a genuine communication with them, like for instance, like if we only have four, I'm giving that as an example, like four account exec position open on the team. And we have 10 potential BDRs that could fill in that position. And you have to say to people, those are the number of positions that we have open this year. It will be the best people will get them, but that's it. And we'll make sure that we'll give you all the tips and keys to be the best and be the best candidates for those positions. But as long as you're transparent with people, then they will understand. There will not be, um, I would say, resentment towards you. And for those who think that they need to move on and this current environment slows them down, then again, more than happy to recommend this folks. Ultimately, what we want is to be in the life of these people. Like I want them to remember it as, okay, this was the best way I could have spent those two, three, four years of my career. Once you have this very open environment, that's, I guess that's what makes people stick because it's very human and genuine environment. Yeah. They feel safe. They feel trusted. Any specific uh, practices that you have in place for measuring employee satisfaction, for learning and development? Is it more of an HR function or is it something that the line manager would proactively do? No. So the, the managers, because they sing literally like all the time with their people, so they're very much aware of that. But we have something a bit more formal now that is handled by our people organization. Engagement surveys, that's something that we run, I think, every six months or every quarter. Then every quarter we have career discussions and all that. So it's something that is happening constantly. 
As you look in the future, kind of steps ahead for the company for further development, as you mentioned initially, you're opening new office in Tokyo. So probably there will be more and more challenging elements coming in in terms of the cultural differences, how you localize your proposition as an employer, etc. Any specific things that you look to implement for that specific initiative, maybe? Anything else? Of course, when we look at the market, it's a challenging market. The employees can be more and more discerning because the job market is very generous. It's a lot of opportunities to pick from. So you have to kind of stay on your toes as an employer to always be attractive, but also to be genuine to yourself, to your mission, to your purpose, etc. Maybe I will sound very old school, but I think people are loyal if you allow them to become better versions of themselves. As long as you can, and it doesn't have anything to do with money. You can't win on money because there's always going to be the companies that are going like, you know, IPO that will pay a oh. ton. And, and it's hard to beat that. I think what we can be better than the competition is really always focus on, okay, this this person looking in six months and this person looking back, will they think that they've learned something? Are they better now than they were six months ago? So for me, that's the one thing that I know creates retention. The reason why I'm still here almost six years after I joined is not the equity. Right? Trust me, if it was just the equity and the compensation, I would have been gone a long time ago. Yeah, because there's always somewhere better. Somewhere. No, 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 it's hard. It's too hard. But the thing though, the reason why I stayed is because I learned so much by myself about this position, about the industry, about everything. And I think what worked for me can potentially work for others. So as long as you focus your efforts on making sure that they improve as people, become better version of themselves, if you do that, people tend to stay longer. If you see people purely as resources and people are just here to execute your plan, you're screwed. doesn't work that way. People are people and not cattle. So there's growth of the company and objectives on the business. I know, but that's your job as a leader is to find the plan. Sure, you need to execute against that plan, but there's a way to do it. You have to make sure that people that will help you execute, but you have to help them get better. It's a win-win kind of thing. They give to you, you have to give to them as well. That's the theory. It's not like on a day-to-day basis, it's not easy. At least that's what I've seen work. That statement that it all starts with people. They're the foundation for success, for the product, yeah. for the business, for anything else. And in this kind of environment, most people don't really seriously as the success happens in the things that you don't control. The extra 20% that you need to become a leader happen with things that are not in their job descriptions. People will have an idea because they will think about it during the weekend or because they will think outside of the job desk. And that's what you need, actually. And to create that sort of willingness to do that, you need to care about the people. Yeah. Any advice you would give to an early stage? Another Algolia four years ago at the stage where they look to expand, they look to grow, they look to maybe get a little bit more maturity in terms of how they build their teams, how they articulate their mission, their statements to the outside environment. Two tips, two pro tips. There's always that growth pain, right? If I think about the early profiles that we hired and that were successful, there were all of them outcasts in their own way. I first hired Jeremy. He studied in like a top engineering school in France and went to a consulting firm. Perfect, perfect, perfect. They went and did an MBA at INSEAD and then decided to join a startup. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Because the guy, he has this sort of craziness. You can tell that he's a hard worker, but he has this sort of a little bit of craziness here. The second one, Alex Kudelka, had been a salesperson in, uh, in the US and then decided to move to Paris, wanted to move to Paris. Like, okay, there's a little bit of craziness here as well. I don't know. For me, it, it was like these people, when they joined, you could tell they were 
so hungry just as people but it's not hungry for money they had this fire you could tell that you had to feed them with this mm -hmm. problems with this complexity with all of that so definitely that would be the first thing that i would be looking for not necessarily that applied to us but not necessarily people who have sales track records at least for us that's what works maybe that may not work for other people but you have to look for people who are ready to go to like the front line through the fire for for you I've never settled mindset about that If you're looking for someone who will set up processes when you're 10 employees, you're dead. Processes happen at 250 people, 200 people. Us, like it's happening now. Anything before that, because processes, there's a huge risk of slowing down that growth and that innovation. So look for folks who are the crazy people who have like crazy ideas. I would say that's, that's kind of what, when I think about the initial hacks that allowed us to crack it, It was not on the internet that we found it. Literally, it was just mm. like literally by, I don't know, like I'm running on the weekend just thinking about something. Oh, cool. Maybe we should do that. I share the yeah. idea. Founders like, cool, let's do it. Absolutely. That's as simple as that and as difficult as, as well in terms of finding those individuals sometimes. I don't know. The more I think about it, we often say that we were very lucky with our initial employees. I don't think we were. I just think that there was so much needed to be done There was no processes, there was no boss, there was no nothing that it was a greenfield for anyone who joined the company. So literally every single individual that joined the company could express a hundred percent of themselves, which tends to not be true when the company starts growing because you will be set in a small environment. If you hire a very smart person, very ambitious, not an asshole, you may probably, you know, you have 90% of what you need, I think. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this. Okay, thank you very much, Anita. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for choosing to tune in and listening to the end of this episode of Key Hire Podcast. We're super excited to be building this community and a platform where we can exchange and share knowledge in a credible, digestible, insightful, and actionable way. So leave us some comments. Let us know what we should improve and work on. We want to make sure that we improve the value every single time. Finally, if you liked what you've been hearing so far, give us a follow and subscribe across all of the platforms of your choice. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and more. We're looking forward to be building out the community. We're looking forward to be bringing you new, exciting interviews. Let us know if there is anyone in particular you would like us to host or any specific topics you'd like us to cover. We're looking forward to hearing from you, and I can't wait to be sharing the next episode with you very soon. Thank you.